I'm Alex Mozet, and welcome to Winner Take All, where we talk about the constant battle to fight back and win against big tech monopolies. We're going to cover off on U.S.-based tech monopolies today in a little bit. But before we get there, we're going to start with China. Um, China and the CCP is basically the greatest monopoly on the planet. First, I want to start with this. Okay, A story came out in the Financial Times recently. Pro-China group attacks U.S. rare earths plant in fake social media posts. So I remember reading a couple weeks ago that the U.S. Um, the U.S. Department of Defense had set up a program to basically process rare earth materials in the United States because right now all of that processing is done in China, or the large, large majority of it is all done in China. So the U.S. said, hey, we are going to partner with this Australian mining company. They're going to mine the materials in Australia, right? Because China's done all these deals with Australia. We've seen how China treats its quote unquote partners, right? We saw when Australia, not anything controversial, just kind of saying, hey, it'd be nice to have an independent investigation into where COVID came from or, or how it obviously came from Wuhan. But, you know, the origins of COVID China went full nuclear on Australia to the point that China was actively causing its own blackouts throughout China because they would not buy coal and energy from Australia just to hurt the Australians for daring to suggest having an independent commission, right? So you got the 50 cent army. We've covered the 50 cent army multiple times on the show. The 50 cent army has come after our posts, still does. And so... Uh, there's this article a couple weeks ago, Pentagon bankrolls rare earths plant as U.S. plays catch up to China. Australia's Linus will build facility in Texas with $120 million of funding from, pretty sure this is Department of Defense. Yep. And I was reading this and I said, wow, finally the U.S. has done something smart to combat the ever-expanding you know, overreach and aggression that is China. Good news, right? And so you read this and you're like, wow, this is actually smart. Good job, U.S. government. That was three weeks ago that article came out. Now, a week ago, you've got reports that, you know, there's all these, um, the social media, quote unquote, social media backlash, you know, from, from green groups and environmental groups that were saying, oh, well, if we do this, rare earth processing plant, you know, in Texas, uh, that's going to hurt the environment. You even read the article in the Financial Times I've got here, right? They're literally linking to a separate article. It's a recommended post from Financial Times that says, rare earths, Biden faces green dilemma and push to build U.S. rare earths capacity. And then you've got this Financial Times article that says, Pro-China group attacks U.S. rare earths plant in fake social media posts. So maybe there was some, some genuine U.S.-based groups or citizens that had an issue with this. This was a $120 million plant in the grand scheme of rare earths mining. $120 million is a drop in the bucket. The bigger story here is the Chinese government has mobilized the 50 Cent Army and its various social media influencing tactics and capabilities, which they have millions of people in this 50 cent army program. They probably have multiple other programs we don't even know about. Not to mention that they're an investor in Reddit and have made strategic investments 
and now own other businesses like TikTok, we're going to get to in a second, where not only are they deploying hard, you know, millions of people, they've got bots, they've got AI, they've got um, investments into social media and content platforms operating in the US and elsewhere around the world, right? We are in an information war right now with China. We've had many people on the show to talk about exactly this. Uh, like General Spaulding, go check out our two interviews with him about his two different books. So this to me is what's really interesting, that China was able to, to concoct enough fake, uh, fake news, right, that you actually had. Now, did this actually delay the project? Maybe it delayed the project. I don't think it canceled the project. But you actually had the Financial Times and other media orgs write about this. And Financial Times actually linking to the other posts. It's a perfect case study. China doesn't want this to happen. They want to keep their monopoly on rare earths processing in China. They don't want the U.S. to get that capability, even on something as small as a $120 million processing plant. They still do this. They spin this up. It's literally no effort for them. They already have this. It's muscle memory, right? Like this is, this is just a part of their capability. And it works. This is what's scary. Now let's go to the next topic, which is TikTok. And TikTok just sent an eight-page letter uh, response to nine senators who, you know, said, hey, we saw the BuzzFeed article saying that um, China has access to U.S. users' data. What's up? And so let's go through this, right? But and, and TikTok has billions of dollars behind it. You know, you read the responses and they are, they're well responded to. They're thorough answers. You know, they try and make it seem like um, what they're doing is market, right? Hey, what we're doing, everyone else is doing, right? But here's the difference. At the end of the day, you're controlled by our enemy. You're controlled by a communist dictatorship that is actively at war with not only the U.S., probably the entire globe, not to mention in an information war. Are the people at ByteDance and TikTok bad people? No. But do, does their success ultimately benefit our enemy? A hundred percent. Let's look at some of their answers. I'm not going to go through all of them. But look at that context, right? The 50 Cent Army, China's ability to concoct the story about green and environmental concerns when we do something slightly intelligent to combat their monopoly on rare earths, mineral and metal processing. And, they, and that was on platforms they don't even control, let alone now TikTok, which they control. And they even say it in here. They just try and like carve it out. So what do they do? They basically say, well, yes, um, China can access U.S. user information. But if it's protected, then we're going to have extra steps around that. So, so it, you know, all these steps, they say, hey, we're going to evaluate and revise TikTok's internal policies and operational controls. So we're going to strengthen data security around the U.S. This has nothing to do with data security. We don't care about hacking into TikTok. This is ByteDance. It's the same owner. It's the Chinese owner. 
and make the organizational process and technical changes to help ensure compliance and enhance protection of U.S. user data defined as quote-unquote protected through engagement with CFIUS, which is the Council for Foreign Investment in the United States. And then you have to scroll all the way bottom, all the way, that was the first question. Then you have to scroll all the way to the bottom of the letter and say, what does protected mean? U.S. user data at issue is, is still being defined as protected through engagement with CFIUS. So that means there is no definition of what is protected data. They're currently trying to figure that out. So honestly, this whole thing is a bunch of fluff. It's an eight-page boatload of BS. That's what this is. Really well-worded, really well-framed, bunch of meandering, circular statements. But it's all, it's all BS. There's no definition for protected. The Chinese have full-blown access to whatever they want. They say, oh, we have robust internal protocols. They even, they even you know, go so far as to lie. In the past, TikTok has said it has never, nor would it ever, provide user data to the Chinese government, even if asked. We have not been asked for such data from the CCP. We have not provided U.S. user data to the CCP, nor would we if asked. Because the CCP, it's, you know, it's like saying, it's like saying, did the White House ask for this data from Facebook? No, it's not going to come from the White House. It's going to come from, you know, the Cybersecurity Administration. It's going to come from the technology governance, you know, administration, which literally has an office inside of ByteDance. So I guarantee you this response, they are specifically saying, well, no, the CCP hasn't asked us for this. And, and, and of course, you know, we wouldn't, and they haven't done it. But, you know, the agencies that the CCP controls, well, yeah, they don't need to ask because they just have like direct access. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that, you know, you, if you take a step back and you look at this letter and you say, you know what? Why are we even bothering to waste time on this? Like, the CFIUS is working to define what protected is. And then how are you going to actually know if TikTok is complying with the definition of protected and you know, you got tens of millions of users, let alone billions of data points. How are you actually ever going to be able to police that? And if you do, the people you're going to go after live in China. Or actually, the CEO of TikTok lives in Singapore. It's just, why? Why bother? Let's just do what India did. Let's call a spade a spade. This is technology that, unfortunately, Americans love to use. But you know what? There will be a replacement in about six months because we've got free markets. And the free markets have worked in India. Go check out our video on that. You had an Indian competitor raise over a billion dollars in less than 12 months from the time that TikTok was banned in India. We need to do the same thing and just recognize this is spyware. And we have tens of millions of Americans using this. You know, for example, the other example here is, 
Well, is it really U.S. user data, right? You know, well, what is U.S. user data? Like if I don't know who the user is, but I just know that there's like 20 people in the middle of the Pacific Ocean who really like a lot of military content. I don't need to know who those 20 people are. I just want to know if I'm the Chinese government. I just want to know their GPS location so I can identify the ship, the, the warship that they're on in the Pacific Ocean. I mean, there's one of a myriad of examples where you can just say, yeah, you know what? We don't need this. It's just so blatantly obvious how this could be used against us. Let's just get out in front of it and do what? I don't need to waste my time, protected data. It's all just, it's all just bull. You're not going to follow it anyway. They're going to give you the runaround, give you all these eight page drawn out answers. Blah, 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 blah. We're using Oracle, blah, 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 blah. They don't care. Now you got this story here that because Elon Musk helped provide internet to Ukraine, and obviously China's pro-Russia and, and wants Russia to take over Ukraine, and China and Russia are in cahoots, obviously. So now China's like, whoa, well, Elon, you know, you're helping out the Ukrainians. We should look at this thing called Tesla. And maybe we should, uh, you know, put the kaputs on, uh, on, on Tesla in China. This is not the first time that China has rattled its saber on Tesla. So this isn't new news, right? But every one of these little things, immediately that's where China goes, right? And, and this has nothing to do with, it's not like Tesla did anything with Ukraine. Or for example, I mean, this is really SpaceX and, Ukraine and Tesla, two completely separate companies. Yes, the biggest individual shareholder and controlling shareholder is the same guy, but two separate companies. Not even like where it's ByteDance, where ByteDance has uh, Douyin and its operating entities in China. That was the TikTok's answer for why the CFIUS and, and U.S. senators shouldn't be worried that, oh, the Chinese government's on the board of our, our local Chinese entity. That has no influence, no influence, U.S. senators, over TikTok. <laughs> OK, but no, China will say, well, yeah, you know, we got to got to put the screws on Tesla because, you know, Elon's other business, Starlink, is helping out the Ukrainians. That's exactly what they're doing. The intensifying competition comes as the powerful cyber administration of China, along with a suite of security-focused agencies, are rolling out expansive new data security laws, tightening control over data collection and privacy. And I bet what they're going to say if they don't have access to Tesla's IP yet is, well, we need to see... We need to understand the IP, Elon, because otherwise we can't verify that this is secure. So if you don't show us all your most coveted IP in Tesla, we're going to need to shut you down, right? Or impose these fines or, you know, make your car unmarketable to the, to the local market, right? Or any number of erroneous claims that they're going to do because they don't play fair. So why should we play fair? Huh? China doesn't play fair. They're going after Elon every which way they can. June Dreyer, a China specialist at the University of Miami, forecast Beijing would eventually impose restrictions on Tesla's access to the Chinese market. 
Beijing will limit business practices that the government sees as having data and other security implication implications. Hmm. It's literally the same script. Actually, this one is even more defensible, right? These are two separate companies entirely. Not, not just small companies that Elon just magically controls, right? These are multi-multi-billion dollar enterprises. Tesla's a publicly listed company. But no, it doesn't matter to China. They're the same thing. Starlink helps Ukraine. We can't trust Tesla. But no, that would be, that would be unfair if the U.S. took not even a similar point of view, just a just like one iota of that to say, hey, this, this is actually the same company. And yes, they 100% cannot be trusted. And actually, we see that China's actually accessing user data right now, and they don't have a plan to fix it. They eventually will figure out what protected user data means with the CFIUS at some point into the future that we have no idea when that will actually happen. But at least the data is being stored in Oracle. I mean, it's, it's such a joke. You can't, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So the one thing that the U.S. might do, optimal word might, is U.S. could target tech investors' favored sectors and move to limit capital flow to China. Basically, the House and Senate are looking at two proposed bills to make the U.S. more competitive against China. One bill passed by the House earlier this year includes provisions that would form an interagency panel led by the Trade Representative's Office to review investments by U.S. businesses in countries of concern. This is basically um, CFIUS inverted. CFIUS is the Council on Foreign Investment in the U.S., right? So this, this uh, committee scrutinizes deals where foreign investors are buying U.S. companies. What this is saying to do is can we basically create a council that evaluates U.S. businesses investing in China? Love that. It could be China and other nations defined as foreign adversaries, probably like Russia. It would also grant the government new powers to ward off billions of dollars in outbound investments on national security grounds, right? So like, for example, when Apple put a billion dollars into um, Didi, the, uh, the ride-sharing competitor to Uber way back in the day. So now they're narrowing this to say, hey, well, you know, we're going to narrow this to certain sectors crucial to the U.S. supply chain, semiconductor manufacturing, critical minerals and, and materials, pharmaceuticals, batteries, emerging technologies such as AI. Now, again, these bills, everyone knows these bills are thousands of pages long and there's so much pork and fat and junk in these things that, yes, you probably do have a lot of legitimate concerns on this point. but. If you are actually an opponent of this specific creation of this basically inverted CFIUS, yeah, you're, you're, you're being lobbied by the Chinese government. I mean, there's no other way around that why we shouldn't do this. This is absolutely um, a no-brainer. How much money are we putting into China? Unfortunately, way too much, and it's actually growing. The American appetite for Chinese investments, in particular for venture deals, has bounced back up in the last few years. U.S. firms participated in $44.6 billion worth of deals in China last year, almost double 2019 at $23 billion. Like what is wrong with us? So this is literally in the span of a week, you got two articles here. Sequoia Capital targets a $2.25 billion uh, raise for two US funds, VC funds, right? One's 1.5 billion and then one's 750 million, okay? 
Then, literally in the same breath, Sequoia Capital's China arm raises $9 billion. They're getting this money from institutional U.S. investors. Doesn't go both ways. I, I bet you that. Well, let's see how much money um, you want to know why. You want to know why it doesn't go both ways because the Chinese government limits how much money you can take out of China. That's why you see all kinds of crazy things like in real estate, for example, where you've got these Chinese individuals or entities that are just trying to get money out of China. Bitcoin, right? They shut down Bitcoin in China, trying to buy real estate in like Canada, trying to just buy up real estate wherever they can because they don't care if they're paying inflated prices in those you know, Canadian or US or Australian markets because they just need to get the money out of China. They can't get the money out. That's the biggest challenge. That's it for us today on Winner Take All. Thanks very much for joining us. I'll talk to you soon.